AIM is a podcast that connects women who are eager to grow in their relationship with God. Living out the living word of God each day. Welcome back, everybody, to our final and most exciting episode of Holy Week. Happy Feast of the Resurrection! Yay! Happy Feast of the Resurrection, everyone! I'm so excited, and it's such a blessing to be recording this. Um, So much to cover, so many things to talk about, but really, we're going to give just a snapshot of different things so we can enjoy uh, this beautiful episode. Also, excuse me for my voice. It's been a long Holy Week with lots of singing, (laughs) so (laughs) my voice is recovering. (laughs) Yeah, we're recovering from right Saturday as we're recording this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and there's still the whole liturgy of the resurrection, which is like, oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great. So. Yes. Um, I think we could start by reading the passage, maybe the, the account from the Gospel of St. John, which we read in the actual liturgy, and then we can talk about kind of all our thoughts regarding it. What do you think? Great. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You go, Marina, because my voice will hurt people's <laughs> ears. <laughs> sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This is from John 20, verse 1 to 18. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, She turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Glory be to God forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God. Amen. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, indeed. Um, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but obviously, as with kind of 
the common theme of all of Holy Week. Every time there's four accounts of something, we encourage you to read all four accounts. Again, for time's sake, we won't be doing it on the episode. But yeah, so two of them are read on Bright Saturday, I think in the ninth and the 11th hour. And then yes. obviously the matins of this liturgy and the one we just read from the liturgy itself. But yeah, a lot to discuss. A lot. Um, I love this story. Like, I, I want to be like those women, like coming early to the tomb, you know, coming to him. And, and even though you feel like you don't have hope, for the resurrection you come anyway and then you're surprised with with yeah. what you receive i love that i just saw this quote from saint augustine saying that she looked she stooped down the first time found nothing right mm. and then she stoops down another time so then he goes like why like what was she expecting right so then uh, sorry it's actually saint gregory he says though she looked in before and saw that the sepulcher was empty she looked again because a single look does not suffice the one who loves the power of love increases the earnestness of the inquiry and she persevered in seeking and accordingly she found so it's very much what you were talking about marina of like the more we love the more we are so so eager to come and find jesus then as he says our desires are actually expanded and increased and we can actually find the lord wow i love that and we need to do that. We need to see Christ. And because of our love for him, we will like keep going. We'll keep being earnest in our inner yeah. seeking. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and as a result of that, he entrusts the message of the resurrection, kind of the biggest gospel um, to St. To Saint Mary Magdalene, right? To a woman. Um, and it's just such an honor and such a beautiful love and connection that she has with Christ. Yeah. Um, and if you, we even look at the psalm read with that, it mm -hmm. says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it continues with save now, I pray. But that's exactly the um, the hymn, like Alleluia Fai Pepe, right? Or Alleluia, mm -hmm. this is the day. And interestingly, yeah. we don't sing that hymn, if you noticed, in Holy Thursday and in Bright Saturday. Yes, we don't sing it in Bright Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And I always make the mistake of just like jumping into Alleluia. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there's like silence <laughs> yes exactly exactly and it's actually like it's a silence almost of like anticipation and hopeful expectation mm -hmm. of the day that the lord has made yeah right? we're saving all the hymns for yeah. like tonight basically exactly or for the resurrection that's what i'm referring to guys yeah yeah exactly um, and it's it's exactly because of we're like waiting to live eternally and constantly in that day of the resurrection or the eighth day mm-hmm and I love the end of the psalm says, God is the Lord and he has given us light. I, I love that. Like he trampled down death and replaced it with an illuminous light in our yeah. lives. Like the resurrection. It's something to be just lived out. It's a, it gives us breath. It gives us, it gives us a meaning. Yes, exactly. It's full of life. And I love that because the only way we can truly live it out is through the liturgy, which is why it's so important to celebrate, you know, every feast, but especially the feast of the, res the resurrection <laughs> through the divine liturgy. Um, we're going to quote this book on our website, but it's it's a book called uh, The Liturgy Outside the Liturgy, and it takes the liturgical theology of Father Alexander Schmemann from like tons of his books and kind of combines it into one with commentaries. The author will say that like the purpose of the divine liturgy was to make the church what she is, namely the witness and participation of the saving event of Christ, which is his resurrection, and also of the new life of the Holy Spirit, of the presence of this world, of the kingdom to come. And so at the liturgy, the church leaves the world it doesn't abandon it. He, he makes that clear. He says, the Eucharist is performed in time, not outside it, but what it reveals in time is something that time does not contain. 
yes. which is the eternal resurrection, right? The eighth day that is not just today. It's like our life until the end. Um, and so the essence of the liturgy is to leave the fallen and the fragmented time and move into a time that's restored in all its fullness. Mm. And so that is liturgy and that is how we pray in the spirit. And that's how we live out the resurrection ultimately. Yeah. And so he'll continue on to say, what is the kingdom of God and how does one experience it now? The kingdom of God is revealed every time the church gathers on the eighth day to eat his bread and to drink his blood and to proclaim and confess his resurrection. Um, so really this eighth day of the resurrection is the passage of the church into heaven. It's the entrance, the ascension and the communion. Um, so anyway, sorry I to bombard with quotes, but it's beautiful. I absolutely love that. And you're reminding me actually of the other book by uh, Father Alexander Schmemann that I've read for the life of the world, where he talks mm -hmm. about the Eucharist. So he go he breaks down each of the sacraments, but in the chapter about the Eucharist, he talks about how Christ now is our perfect sacrifice. When the priest yeah. says, lift up your hearts, we're supposed to be offering up our hearts as a sacrifice. But what's so beautiful is that the body of the Lord that's on the altar in his blood is the perfect sacrifice now. Yes. Um, Everything, including death, is, is conquered in that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So from the book I was mentioning, he says like this chronic meaninglessness can only be conquered when death itself is overcome. And that only happens through Christ's death and then resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are, you know, celebrating the resurrection for 50 days because Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, as we say in, in um, many hymns actually of, of the procession of the resurrection and to those in the tomb, he bestows life. Yeah. And we had a great, great need for it too. Like in the liturgy of St. Basil, we say, uh, he loved his own who were in the world. And as a ransom on our behalf, he gave himself up unto death, which reigned over us, whereby we were bound and sold on account of our sins. So we really needed to be just freed from the death that we were in. And St. Cyril of Alexandria says here, for the sake of all, he tasted death, although by nature he was life and, and was himself the resurrection. He surrendered his own body to death. By his ineffable power, he trampled upon death in his own flesh that he might become the firstborn from the dead and the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And then he later says, the power of death had been destroyed through him. Death is no longer something that is scary or something that we're, you know, subject to. Like we have now power over death through Christ. That's, mm -hmm. It's perfectly what the Pauline of, of today's liturgy will say, that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And he has mm -hmm. put all things under his feet. Mm -hmm. So Father Anthony uh, Morad says, the resurrection is so important to us as Christians because it's the fulfillment of the liberation of God's people. He destroys the enemy by demonstrating that he is life, the very antidote of death. And when mm. death came face to face with the God-man, Jesus Christ, it was destroyed and lost its eternal grip on humanity. We were restored in his resurrection. And that this is why all Christians both die with him and rise with him in the mystery of baptism that we may all share in his victory over death. I, I love that. Wow. It's like humanity is no longer, you know, in chains, you know, we're not, we, yeah. we don't have something holding us down anymore. And Hades could not even contain, contain him, Christ, yes. <laughs> contain him. So it's, it's very beautiful. Um, our bridegroom has done the work of salvation. Like we can yeah. proudly say that when we're, we're reflecting on the resurrection. Yeah. You reminded me, you're so right. I love what you mentioned. And I love that he's done everything for us because in the praxis, it's a St. Peter's sermon to the, like many people after the Pentecost. And he says like, when God raised up, 
raised us up from the pains of death. Um, he, he, he himself was raised up because it was not possible for death to contain him. And then he quotes all of the things from David's Psalms about you will not leave my soul in Hades. You will allow your Holy One to not see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me uh, full of joy in your presence. And then all the Lord says to us is sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So he, he's taken care of everything. He's the Pentecostal. And all we do is just sit at his right hand sit in his will, sit in his presence and be united with him. And again, to sound again like a broken record, that's why the unity with him is essential. And that's why the only way we can truly live this resurrection is through the liturgy and the Eucharist. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I love the readings chosen for today. Yeah. Um, Very, very nice. Like here, even um, I'm reading from the proxies as well. Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh also ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the loss of men, but for the will of God. So like, this is like arming us, like what we need to do now. Um, yeah. Not just we leave it. He did do everything, but we also have to work with him like in synergy i don't know how to explain yes. this part yes <laughs> no no that's very actually that's very facts like um and i i, I like two things the the emphasis on the flesh because that also comes up so much in the pauline uh where he said like all flesh is not the same there's a terrestrial and then there's a celestial but yes the idea of um a two-way kind of communion right because it, it needs a synergy um the book that uh, talks about the liturgy he says that liturgy is a is a bi-directional traffic where <clears throat> excuse me every he's like on the eighth day right so every time the like liturgist comes back on a sunday he brings to christ on the altar everything that happened in his week so he says he brings like his goods and virtues that he's collected their marriage the things they've been building the culture they've been constructing the beauties they've enjoyed the sorrows they have endured and they deliver it all to the all of the world to the foot of the altar and then he says this is the bi-directional traffic of the liturgy and we offer it up and christ fixes it and transforms it and brings it back to us and then everything that is he 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 kind of quotes like the old testament one he says like you stiff-necked people so he says our bent spines and our stiff necks are realigned on the eighth day Mm -hmm. but only if as you said there's this synergy if we come and we're willing to be fixed so he says this weekly liturgy is like a chiropractor like straightening our (laughs) posture so we can walk with the human dignity we were meant to have as we rule earth and air and beast and bird i love that so yeah so true marina it's obviously like he's the salvation is his it's his victory and his might and he gives it to us but we have to be there to accept it yeah yeah and excited as well to work with him like our bridegroom did everything did all this for us we've been reflecting this whole week on the sufferings he's been through it's just so beautiful to yeah um, reflect on how christ went through all of that subjected himself to so much pain for our sakes and then did the ultimate sacrifice and then freed us from any bondage and now, like, a response as his bride should just be, like, I don't know, excitement, happiness, joy. Yes. Like, we, sh- we we need to just also be excited to work with him. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? Um, yes, yes. So true. One of the uh, the sermon on Holy, on Good Friday, um, one of the things that Abuna said that really resonated is he was saying how to meet Christ and, like, come to him with humility, come to him with a lot of things, but come to him with excitement because yeah. he's our father and he's saved us and he's delivered us, right? And, like, Father Matthew the Poor will say this, like, bond of sonship that Christ brought to us is exactly like a boy going to the father and saying, like, Dad, I want this. And he says, if the father asks the son, why do you seem so sure that I will give it to you? The boy will respond, because you love me. 
period. Yeah. Like, you know, with the simplicity and the faith of a child. And he, he continues to say, like, this is verbatim how the Bible describes a relationship with God. And he quotes uh, St. Paul, he says, we have confidence and access to the Father through faith in Christ. Again, through the resurrection by him, trampling down death by death and reconciling us. And as Ephesians says, seating us at the right hand of the Father. So how how exciting is that? And how glorious is that? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It is also in relation to the Pauline. So he he kind of brings all the, the parallels. I love parallels and I love like contrasts, right? Yes. So he says, um, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption, right? The first man was a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Yes. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So um, in a book called Words for Our Lives by Father Matthew the Poor, he speaks about this like, this transformation, right? And the creation and the recreation. And he says how the first temple, like the temple of Solomon, kind of where we lived is the one that's like bound and so restricted and full of, you know, the law and, oh, you have it? I love that book. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Sorry. Like you just mentioned it and I have it right next to me. It's so good. He says, no, no, it's okay. He says that like, and then obviously the the second temple, the new temple is Christ himself. And so when we live in the new temple, we live in Christ himself and the death and the resurrection of our Lord made possible this transition from the old state of the old temple to the new state. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he says, when Christ says destroy this temple, he's pointing to the destruction of humanity's old temple and the construction of the humanity's new temple. So he says, which men can put on as he originally put on the body of dust. And he relates it to the Pauline of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And in 1 Corinthians 15, which is where the Pauline comes from, he says, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we should also bear the image of the heavenly man. I think we just mentioned that, but yeah. <clears throat> just And so he says, just as the old man worshiped in Solomon's temple, the new man worships in Christ Jesus. And again, he says, what does it mean to worship in Christ Jesus? It's a liturgical concept. Same theme that's been coming around because living in Christ points to baptism and Eucharist just mm-hmm. like you mentioned Reno with the baptism and Eucharist and scripture reading and biblical asceticism. And he says like a daily spiritual struggle, um, but that life in Christ equates life with the church. And in this church, we can actually be led to be the perfect man to the measure of the full stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. Um, so yeah, sorry again, long quote, but if you had zoned out while I was all of this reading, but it's, it's just to say that this resurrection allows us to no longer live in the temple made with hands, you know, quote unquote from St. Paul and, and the new Testament, we're living in Christ who is our temple, who is our resurrection and who has destroyed all the walls of barriers and, and just has made us access to the father. Yeah. Fully reconciled with God. Like even just reflecting on that, it's so beautiful. Father Matthew, the poor also goes in to talk about like the implications of the resurrection for us. And he says, so we have been buried and raised with Christ. And so our mortal graves have been rent and opened. The fatality of our sin has been stripped and we have received the light of the resurrection and have entered that dawn of salvation upon which the night will never fall in our hearts. Have you perceived the power of the resurrection yet? Have you felt its movements within you? We are not just meditating on the resurrection now, but we're actually partaking in it. We live by it. We exist in it. We are enlightened by it. The light has already entered, brethren. I am the light of the world. That's in quotation marks. And we are also the light of the world, just as Jesus is saying, meaning partakers wow. of the resurrection. Amen. Wow. It's like, what What are we doing now? Like, what does this mean for us? Yeah, exactly. Everything that he's manifested, he did for us. 
everything he's trampled upon was for us. I love because Saturday is still fresh in our minds when um, the, the conclusion always says, you shall trample down death in us. Mm. And like everything he did, again, was for us. So, yeah, yeah, we just need to believe that and to live in that and realize that whatever hardships and whatever death we experience on earth, Christ has trampled it already. Christ has been victorious. Mm-hmm. So as long as we are in him, we are united to him, to him who is life, we will have no death. Yeah. And the resurrection is is also very personal as well. It's not just resurrection for the entire world, but it's also for us on a personal level. Um, thinking about it in that context helps me appreciate it so, so much more. Do you do anything, Maria, um, to help you reflect on the resurrection? What I really, really want to focus on this Holy 50 Days is being in union with him as much as possible. So praying as many, you know, Holy 50 Day liturgies as possible and just realizing that I can offer him any of, again, the death that I'm experiencing and he is able to transform it. Mm. And all he wants is just for our union with him. I was listening to a sermon where he says, um, what shall he quotes Psalm 116 of all the, the amazing things that God has done for our salvation. And David says, or, or the psalmist says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that the only way I can repay him possibly, or I can respond to the magnitude of his generosity is actually to continue taking from him the cup of salvation, which is the Eucharist, because mm-hmm. literally it's the only thing I can do and, and just call on the name of the Lord. So he keeps giving, he gives eternally and continuously, and we just need to be open, like open vessels to be filled by him. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And then as the, as the liturgy says, when we take the body and blood, we are eating and drinking eternity redemption and salvation as we say in the fraction so like like you know what what more can we do in order to respond to this love and this magnitude of generosity i i love this and 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 i'll just sorry i go no (laughs) i was gonna say something really like tiny but that we tend to underestimate i want to try to say christos anisti or christ is risen to as many people as i can for maybe the entirety of the holy 50 days because we do it for a week and then it kind of dies down but christ is risen and it's it's the most beautiful greeting you can get to somebody yeah great idea i'm yeah. gonna do that too maria it's great okay idea. let's let's encourage each other <laughs> yeah we'll do that would you like to pray for us <laughs> yes sure all right the name of the father the son the holy spirit when god amen lord jesus we thank you we thank you so much lord none of our thanksgiving will ever be enough but we thank you for being everything Lord, this holy week i kept thinking of all the words that you are to us you're our redemption, our salvation, our rock, our victory, hope, peace, love, our King, our Lord. You're everything to us, Lord. And without you, we are truly nothing. We're truly nothing, Lord. It's not a hyperbole. We thank you for the magnificent feast of your resurrection. We thank you for your eternal and ultimate generosity towards us, Lord, and your love, your compassion to us, you descending into Hades to lift us up, Lord, and to seat us at the right hand of the Father. Lord, it's it's a richness that we cannot fathom. We cannot even express in words. Lord, let us live this next holy 50 days and, and all our lives, Lord, but let us live in this joy and in this victory and in this, you know, feeling of strength and, and nothing matters. Nothing, nothing can touch us, Lord, because you've conquered it all. 
as long as we are united with you, as long as we are one body and one blood with you, as long as we are eternally in communion with you and in your will, we're seated at your right hand. How much can we conquer, Lord, and how much can we be victorious over? Lord, we pray earnestly for anybody who is suffering, Lord, through this time of the resurrection, anybody who is sick, anybody who has lost a loved one, Lord, this feast of your resurrection is the ultimate hope and the only hope that we have, the only refuge, the only thing we can look forward to in our time of of hardships and despair over here on earth. We ask that we live through the liturgy, we enjoy it, and we we live a life that is liturgical through the intercessions of St. Mary, St. Mary Magdalene, St. John, St. Peter, all the people entrusted, Lord, with the beautiful gospel of your resurrection. Hear us when we say, thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Whether you'd like more information on resources used in this episode, want to suggest a topic, or leave your feedback, please visit our website, emisher.com. And even if you just want to talk, feel free to reach out to one of your Eames sisters. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages.